Lonnie Parker Pierce. Let's talk about our past and determine our future. Our country is divided. Democrat versus Republican. Mask wearing versus not. COVID is real versus COVID does not exist. Biden won versus Trump won. I started to wonder why. Aren't we all getting the same information? But the truth is, we're not. Our news sources, the places we look at on the internet, in newspapers, on podcasts, in magazines, we're not looking in the same places to get our information. And that is leading to different truths, different conspiracies, different allegiances, different everything. How do we possibly solve this problem? It's a big job. Let's get started. So let's start with some pretty current events that have increased the rift between the political left and right in the U.S. Then let's see if we can go back to find the whens and whys of what is happening now. Trump's latest misinformation is about the 2020 presidential election, which shows him to be, at best, a very sore loser. At worst, by Trump refusing to assist Biden in his transition to the White House, there is a theory among some experts that Trump is trying to weaken Biden's position on his first 100 days in office, which is so much more than a sore loser and more like an obstructionist. Here are just some of the things that Donald Trump, other Republican politicians, or other individuals have done or attempted to do to change the election results. Trump filed at least seven lawsuits in Pennsylvania, three in Michigan, two in Arizona, one in Georgia, and two in Nevada regarding the election results. He even filed one in Wisconsin after that state had already certified the results on November 30th. I haven't found the details on other lawsuits, but this is just a fraction of them. 46 lawsuits have apparently been filed on this issue from Trump or Republicans. Most of those lawsuits have been dismissed or were ruled against Trump. Georgia's two sitting Republican senators called for the state's Republican Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, to resign after alleging failures in the election, but without specifying what those failures might be. Trump invited Michigan and Pennsylvania state legislators to the White House to try to coerce Republican state legislators to overthrow the results in their state. In response to Trump's wild and unsubstantiated claims, protesters have started gathering at Capitol buildings, mostly in the hotly contested states just named, to, quote, stop the steal of the election. Most Republican senators and representatives have refused to acknowledge Biden as the president-elect, which is usually the traditional thing to do out of respect. If they have done so, they haven't done it publicly. Trump and 18 attorneys general filed a lawsuit that went to the U.S. Supreme Court asking the court to reject millions of ballots in the so-called battleground states, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. The court rejected the argument with little public statement, and no judges expressed any argument in Trump or the lawsuit's favor. Finally, at the end of September 2020, Republicans and Democrats had had similar levels of confidence in the election's fairness and accuracy. 
Now, over 60% of Republicans believe the election was not fair or accurate, versus under 10% of Democrats. These actions are far beyond what anyone could have expected Trump or Republicans to do, even knowing the type of person he is and what the Republican Party has put up with or turned a blind eye to in the past four years. But even as this is going on, I thought, why are so many people getting behind these theories or supporting these actions? Remember, in the 2020 election, each candidate received over 70 million votes. How can this many people think that these unsubstantiated conspiracy theories are correct? To answer that, I think we need to hear what former President Barack Obama has recently been saying. Relatively silent during most of Trump's term, he has become more vocal and also released a memoir of his first term. From his memoir, a direct quote, It was as if my very presence in the White House had triggered a deep-seated panic, a sense that the natural order had been disrupted, which is exactly what Donald Trump understood when he started peddling assertions that I had not been born in the United States and was thus an illegitimate president. For millions of Americans spooked by a black man in the White House, he promised an elixir for their racial anxiety. In his memoir, and in an interview with Gail King in November 2020 on CBS Sunday Morning, Obama lists the choosing of Sarah Palin, definitely a loose cannon herself, to the Republican ticket in 2008, the Tea Party's rise in 2010, and the rise of ultra-conservative news sources as probable causes for the changes in the Republican Party. These changes, like the rise of conspiracy theories, anger over being censored on the internet or on social media, and the rise in racist behavior and actions, led to Trump leading the party, as he exemplifies and promotes all of these tenets. I actually talk about this more in my next episode, E20, with Dr. Justin Goldston. That one is definitely a do-not-miss episode. Going back to Trump's actions to obstruct Biden from having a smooth transition to office by claiming that the election is fraudulent, Obama says this, When your time is up, then it is your job to put the country first and think beyond your own ego and your own interests and your own disappointments. Now let's turn to the news sources themselves and how they are becoming more subjective. I wish I could say that it's just on the Republican side, but it's happening to almost all news sources. Here are the sources that are widely considered to be the most unbiased. Associated Press, BBC, Reuters, and the Wall Street Journal. Here are the rest of them, in alpha order. ABC slash Yahoo, Bleacher Report, Business Insider, BuzzFeed, CNET, CNN, Daily Mail, Facebook News, Fox News, Google News, Huffington Post, Instagram News, LA Times, MSNBC, NBC News Digital, The New York Times, Newsmax, NPR, One America News or OAN, Parler with an E, Slate, Twitter News, and USA Today. If you weren't aware, some of these sources have a moderate to major political bent one way or the other. Ad Fontes Media has a great graph showing news sources rated in terms of political leaning, reliability, and the amount of fact reporting versus misinformation or propaganda. That link is in the show notes. 
Fox News, Newsmax, and OAN are widely considered to be peddling Trump's news. When Fox News called the election for Biden on November 7th, after several other international news outlets had already done so, Newsmax, OAN, and many Republican citizens across the country criticized Fox for calling the election for Biden. More viewers and clicks then went to Newsmax and OAN, even though these two smaller networks don't have close to Fox's numbers. At the end of October 2020, before the election, Newsmax had about 72,000 viewers in a country of 350 million people. After reporting that the election is not over and that Trump should have won, they are up to 434,000 viewers, over four times as many. Top Newsmax shows before the election had received about 58,000 viewers. As of November 19th, they now receive 1.1 million viewers and growing. CNN, Slate, MSNBC, and NPR are among those that lean to the left. Their stories seem to extend to personal attacks on Trump and Republicans. Many of the titles of their reporting stories contain inflammatory words like terror, child abuse, emotional. A recent article was titled, Ex-President Step In to Fill the Leadership Vacuum as Trump Ignores a Worsening Pandemic. Believe me, I am of the opinion that Trump has not been a good president for this country. But I still want my news to contain facts and not to push me in one direction or another on the political spectrum. I can decide for myself how the Trump administration has handled the pandemic. The title of another CNN article references a reality show when talking about Trump's current press secretary, Callie McEnany. The reference to a reality show is clearly meant to elicit negative connotations before you have even clicked on the story. I did a survey with SurveyMonkey to try to find out what my friends and podcast listeners use in terms of news sources. I found that about 25% use Facebook for their news. Not shocking. The rest of the votes are split pretty evenly between left-leaning CNN, MSNBC, The New York Times, ABC slash Yahoo, and NPR, or right-leaning Fox News and Newsmax, and considered to be unbiased, Reuters. Also, I found that 74% of people surveyed do look at the news daily, with the rest checking about once a week. So yeah, we're looking at different news sources pretty much every day. Then there is social media. Users are migrating from Twitter to Parler when they are blocked for misinformation tweets. Most politicians on both sides do not actually watch the ultra-conservative news networks, Newsmax or OAN. But many conservative rep Republican politicians are calling for constituents to move from Twitter to Parler, which in its homepage and language seems to cater to this audience. Many politicians in Trump's camp have accounts on Parler, while not abandoning their current accounts on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. There have been other so-called free speech platforms like 4chan, Telegram, Gab, MeWe, BitChute, and Rumble. Most, like Gab from 2016, have not been able to gain widespread traction and eventually have trouble finding companies like Webhost to work with them, which inhibits their continued traction. There are some actions already not tolerated by Parler. For example, pictures of feces, deliberately obscene usernames, pornography, and threats to kill other users. Some of these are described in their user agreement and community guidelines. But Parler is definitely trying to keep their guidelines down to a minimum, 
which means pretty much anything goes there. Parler has a significant user base of Donald Trump supporters, conservatives, conspiracy theorists like the QAnon conspiracy, and right-wing extremists. The service is popular among people who have been banned from mainstream social networks or oppose their moderation policies. It's currently estimated to have about 8 to 10 million users as of November 2020. About 20% of people in each party live in an isolated media bubble. They get political news only from outlets predominantly used by people who align with them politically, according to the center's Election News Pathways Project. I think I was in one too. I'm trying to expand my media sources so that I have as much information as I can get about a certain issue. A recent Economist article questioned the future of the U.S. democratic system. While other countries' democracies around the world have sometimes fallen to politicians who ignore the rules of the system in place, quote, America's institutions are protected by the professionalism of its judges and officials. Many of them feel bound by standards laid down by those who came before them. When Mr. Trump tried to subvert the election, he failed abjectly because countless people did their duty. Thank goodness. (laughs) In America, democracy is firmly established. Let us Americans be thankful that we do not live in Belarus, Venezuela, Sudan, or Thailand. Just a few of the places where dictators refuse their citizens the right to choose who should govern them. But here's the current problem we face. 2020 and the events that occurred within it, like the pandemic, the protests, and George Floyd's murder and other similar police shootings, have, quote, fired people up so much that it obstructs the compromises needed for society to move forward. Biden ran for president on a platform of bringing people together. Trump's statements and actions have done a lot to drive Americans apart. There is worry that Biden will not be able to bring the country together because of the damage that has been caused. 70% of Americans say this country has become more divided since Trump became president. Can that damage really be undone? Or will it stick around? There is also an incentive for CEO of Newsmax Christopher Ruddy and reporters like Greg Kelly to continue to spout these conspiracy theories and state that the election is not over. These stories are increasing their viewership and making them money. Even historically unbiased news sources are becoming more biased because that is what is selling now. What if news eventually turns into what is selling more rather than what is right or factual? I definitely have two recommendations that I will try to follow as closely as possible. The first is to sign up for and read as many news sources as you can. We need to remember that the internet is a huge place and that so much of what is there is not true or only partially true or biased. I try to access so many sources while researching for this episode because I only want to put out there what I have verified with multiple reputable news sources. I love stats, facts, and figures because those don't lie. They tell the story of what is really happening. It's also important to know how your news sources lean. It doesn't mean you can't read those, especially because most of them are now biased or as seen as biased. You just need to know how they lean so you can take their information with a grain of salt. 
just like you should know the point of view of the person sitting across from you at the negotiating table. Six feet apart and with masks, of course. It's also important to know the point of view of the source telling you what is happening in our world. In the past, politicians have at least drawn the line on personal attacks and unsubstantiated information. Republican John McCain said this at a campaign rally when he was running for president himself in 2008, and a voter stated that his op opponent, Obama, was an Arab. Quote, he's not. He's a decent family man and citizen that I just happen to have disagreements with on fundamental issues. And that's what this campaign's all about. He's not. I do think that John McCain was an extraordinary person and politician with a strong moral compass. We used to see that in so many more politicians than we do today on both sides of the aisle. I hope we can get back to those days again. See my show notes for all of the research I used in the making of this episode. Music credits are as follows. Gravitational Waves, Departures, Midwinter, Sea Change, and Recreation are all by Airtone. Aether Theories is by Vidian. See the full credits in the show notes. Time for cross-promotions. Please visit Nikki Chun's site, kaulanakahale.org, to find lectures from Kumu or teachers about Hawaiian culture, current events, music, hula, and many other topics. Check out the Facebook group Listen and Change. This group originated in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. It's a place to grow and provide forward momentum towards social and racial justice. The admins ask members to be kind and choose integrity, and I feel that it's a safe space to talk about these issues. Please come join the Determine Our Future Facebook group page. You can join in the conversation about social change and even help me create future episodes. Also, you can find me on Twitter at LParkerPierce or hashtag determine our future. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Determine Our Future. It's similar to episode nine, What Happened to the Police? Go have a listen to that right after this. New episodes drop each week on Mondays, so please subscribe to hear more. Other ways to help me reach more listeners is to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Recommend this podcast to someone else. Or join the Determine Our Future Facebook group and share the group on your Facebook page. If you want to get access to episodes before they even drop on the podcast apps, access to resource pages for each episode, and more, please go to determineourfuture.com and subscribe to emails. I send out emails once a week, and I'll talk about current and past episodes and provide those resource pages. Also, I'll let you know how to access DOF episodes days before they officially drop. I look forward to hearing from you. Lonnie Parker Pierce. Let's talk about our past and determine our future.
Thanks for listening to Determine Our Future. See my transcript for all of the research I used in the making of this episode. Music credits are as follows. Gravitational Waves, Departures, Sea Change, Recreation, Urban Blues, Black Snow, Forgotten Land, and Nightwalk are all by Airtone. Aether Theories is by Vidian. And Isolation Swing is by Admiral Bob. See the full credits in the transcripts of each episode. Make sure to follow the podcast on your app so new eps are always available to you whenever you are ready to listen. Talk to you again next week.